98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up to the claw. On this Monday afternoon, good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Auction Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo! Bernsey, what's going on? There it is. There it is. What is going on? Oh, what's going on? What a weekend. What a weekend. Let's see. See my tweet? So let me get this straight for tomorrow's show. Cardinals lose at home again and again to the Rams. ASU gets pounded by Utah at home. Jay Crowder wants out. Chickren wants out. UA lost to Cal and gave up 599 yards. D-backs had the lead in the eighth inning. Bullpen blows it. There we go. Good night, everybody. Good that's night, our everybody. show. Thank you for listening to the Burns and, and all this negativity that's in this town oh. sucks. My God. <laughs> Easy, Rick. Oh, Easy. my goodness. Yeah, I know. It's been a weekend, right? Woo. Yeah, that doesn't even count. Mad Bum getting shut down and Alec Thomas getting sent down. I couldn't include everything. It's only a, I only have so many words in a tweet. DeAndre Eaton, was he being grumpy cat today at Media Day? Or yeah. is this just the new laser focus, DeAndre Eaton? Oh, yeah, we got it. We got a lot of stuff to yeah. get oh, to today. It's, at least we had good news in Italy. What was the good news in Italy? It was good news in Italy. What was the good news in Italy? They, beat they scored they a be- goal. They beat England one nothing. Oh, okay. There we go. They beat England. Well, good. Uh, you yeah. can you can stay warm. for the rest of us who don't count Italy as our home. We'll, we'll take good news in Italy. We're despondent over here, but I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad, I am. I'm glad I'm very, Italians very, everywhere have I'm a reason to be very, excited. Very, very happy. Because yes. Arizona is like, man, what do we what do we got here? What's in front of us? What's oh. going on? Let's weigh in on our top story of the day on the Burns and Gambo show. Just you know, giving love to another Italian guy. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Stafford under center. Takes the snap. Takes a knee. This one's over. Two more weeks until the Cardinals get another chance to win their first home game since October of 2021. It's a full calendar year now. Next time they play at home, we're in October. Yeah. Like... There it is. They've lost 11 out of 12 to the Rams. 11 out of 12. This home losing streak is at 7 now? Yes, 7. That's crazy. 7. How do we lose 7 straight games at home? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, I, how do you lose seven? Like, you're not a, you're a playoff team last year. I mean, I know, but I don't know. I don't know. Seven straight at home, 11 of 12 on the road. They looked terrible yesterday. I mean, couldn't get couldn't get out of their own way in the beginning of that game. Where's Isaiah Simmons? We have, man, we got a lot to roll. We got to roll up our sleeves. We got a lot to get to with this show yeah, today. Yeah, we do. Um, and, and I'm really, if we're categorizing everything that happened yesterday, we have to kind of hit zoom out and start with the big picture. And that's exactly what Dave Pash did yesterday with that final call. They have lost seven straight games at home. For it technically to be a calendar year, they've got two more chances. They've got two more. They've got October 9th against Philly. They've got October 20th against the Saints. After that... They may not win those games. They might not, because October 24th is the last time they won a game at home. They've got two more chances for it not to be a calendar year. Can you imagine for a second? This is nothing against Mitch. He does a fine job producing our program. He yeah. really does. Mm-hmm. Our former producer of the program, Jordan Bird, a season ticket season holder ticket. for... Older. 17, yeah. 18, 27, 28 years. I can't remember how long. Can you imagine being a season ticket holder or being in that building and, and going celebrated a, a win full year without watching a win? In Seven that? straight opposing fans celebrating on uh, on uh, their team on your stadium yeah. at your stadium. 
Seven different opposing fan bases. The Rams twice, right? Or is it the Rams three times now? The Rams. It's the Rams three times. Twice. No, because that game twice? was in L.A. That's like the game was in, was in L.A. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the, there was one that was against the Rams. I think that was on Monday Night Football. That was one of the losses. Seattle in there. Two. You got the Colts in there. Yeah. Seven for Kansas City this year. Seven straight opposing fan bases have come here and got to celebrate. Yeah, it's a mess. Overall, they've lost seven of their last nine games under Cliff Kingsbury. They have not had a lead for one minute in regulation we, so far talk, this year. Can we talk about this for a second? Not one second. Have they possessed the lead yeah. in regulation in any of their games so far this year? Cambo, what was Cliff brought here for? Offense. You script plays. You can't get a, you can't get any points in the first quarter of a football game. You can't. You got to go three and out every time. Every time, three out, out of the first four possessions. Three, three and out, out. Three and out with a punt blocked, Burnsy. Let's <laughs> see. Three better. and out with the punt blocked. Yeah. Then three and out again. Uh, and then you got a first down, but then went three and out, including a sack by Aaron Donald. Three and out with a punt. Three and out. Four and out with a sack by Aaron Donald. That's how you started this game yesterday. Like, I mean, do you, do you, do you, do you want to be behind by two, three scores? Is that like the goal here? Shouldn't I mean, be. come on, that's humiliating. Like, you got to do a better job of having these plays drawn up and what you want to do. You're supposed to script the first 15 to 20 plays of a game. Man, let somebody else script the plays or don't script them and just start out with guessing because whatever Cliff is doing is not working. Or bring in one of those Hollywood script doctors and have him or her kind of punch up the dialogue a little bit with a rewrite because the script isn't very good. Pretend yeah, they, it's the second half. They've been outscored in the first quarter so far this season, 31 to nothing. They're the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored a first quarter point. 31 to nothing. 31 nothing in the first quarter, 56 to 13 in the first half. And if you think it's just the offense, all right, consider this. The opposition so far has had 16 possessions in the first half of the first three games. They've scored on 11 of the 16. It's everything. It's, it's, I mean, it's mostly offense, but that stat right there, too, tells you the defense isn't coming out with their hair on fire either. No. And they're putting themselves in such a hole behind such an eight ball with such a mountain to climb. I mean, Gambo, it's not unfair at all. To suggest what happened last week against the Raiders was a fluke. That what happened in the second half against the Raiders was not some sort of season-saving, oh, you know what, this is going to be the launching pad for what's going to be a good season. I thought that that was a chance. I thought that was was a chance, too. Sure, and it it still might be. It still could be. Mm -hmm. But you take away that half of football— it's safe to say the Cardinals are one of the worst, if not the worst, team in the NFL so far to start the season. They've been dreadful <sighs> yeah, outside yeah. of those two quarters. Right. Dreadful. And if they win next week against Carolina, they're two and two, and they're two weeks away from getting DeAndre Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the NFL, yep. back. I mean, you're right. You're not wrong. You're Listen, not wrong. Here's what I think. I think give or take, you know, I, I, one or two games is going to be the difference between going eight and nine and nine and eight. That's my opinion. I think that's what they are: eight and nine or nine and eight. Cliff Kingsbury on starting slow. Just consistency for whatever reason, you know. It's all of us, coaches, players, play calling. I don't know if we're trying too hard to call the perfect play and, you know, do too much. Um, but it's just been one thing, you know, after another. So we got to get it figured out. They don't seem to have the answers. Kyler Murray after the game. I mean, you see the rest of the game is competitive, but the first, first quarter is just, you know, can't make happen can't can't get anything going it's just uh it's, it's bad it's bad football third and two first series and you go to aj you go to aj green who's covered by jalen ramsey 
There's not a better option out there? <laughs> you can't find a better matchup you like on third and two? Like, you really, you can't find something to... I think I'm going to go after the, one of the best corners in the league against my 35-year-old wide receiver. Like, yeah, I really like that matchup. Why? Why? What, why did, what, what made Cliff or Kyler think that that was the way, way you want to go on your, go get the first down, run the football. Yeah. Or go to somebody that's a little more sure. You, you can't go with that matchup against Jalen Ramsey. That one made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about AJ Green a little. He, he, and the injury he suffered was a bone bruise. We're not sure about his availability this upcoming week. He looked cooked yesterday. He, he just looked, he looked done. He, he looked, I, I thought that knee injury, first of all, I thought that might be it for him. But even when he was on the field, he just looked like he was absolutely fried and out of gas. Now, what you said a second ago is absolutely correct. They beat they beat Carolina there two and two. Yeah. Darren mm-hmm. Urban wrote about it, and he's not wrong that if you could just find a way to go three and three without DeAndre Hopkins, you will have done a fine job. I, I looked it up last year. There were four teams that started one and two and made the playoffs, which I was shocked it was that many. Yeah, it's not panic time it, right it's, now. It's not. No. You lose to Carolina. Oh sure. And then sure. it's oh, where's that panic button? Oh. Yeah, press yeah. It, right, I, I agree. You lose. I agree. Carolina's no good. Carolina's kind of had the Cardinals number under Cliff Kingsbury. They've won all three matchups with Cliff and Kyler, although one of them was Colt McCoy. Um, so for whatever reason, this has not been a good matchup. You beat Carolina record-wise, you're fine. But Gambo, anybody who's watched these games, the way the fans listening to us have watched, or the way you and I have watched, or the way Bickley and Murata or Wolf and Luke have watched. We, we, we to sit here and say, you know, one and two. Hey, you know, the record says they're fine. They have played a really poor brand of football across the board so far to start the season. And if not for that miraculous second half against the Raiders, they might be one of the two or three or four worst teams in all the NFL to start the season. We'll get into their defense because I did. I thought the defense did a pretty kick-ass job at times yesterday. You know, I would agree. shutting down Cooper I would Cup agree. and everything. And um, to me, listen, I think you said it last week. I mean, this team is not special unless Kyler can run. And what do the Rams do? They Bom- took Kyler out of the game. Took him right out. So just, the Cardinals are a very average to mediocre team if Kyler Murray cannot use his legs to help himself. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals weren't the only team making headlines for all the wrong reasons yesterday. Jake Crowder will not be at Phoenix Suns training camp. How much longer is he going to be a son? We'll talk about that coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Oh, talking about Jay specifically? Jay, yeah. Um, no, it's an ongoing conversation. And after very fruitful and, and, and deliberate uh, conversations, we just decided it was best that he wasn't with us for training camp. Um, what that means going forward, um, I don't know. We don't know. Um, but as of right now, it allows us and affords us the opportunity to focus on the guys that are here and focus on continuing to build the foundation that will carry us through the, the, the rest of the season. Suns media day today and in the midst of the reaction, of the Cardinals falling to one and two on the season, losing to the Rams. We're certainly going to talk a lot of Suns basketball today as well, because obviously there's a great deal of interest in a team that lost in the NBA Finals two seasons ago and flamed out much earlier than expected in the playoffs a year ago. And now apparently Gambo will go into the 2022-23 season without their starting power forward from the last couple of years. Jay Crowder and the Suns mutually decided it would be in everyone's best interest for him not to come yeah. to training camp while they work to trade him. Yeah, there was 
was uh, there were a lot of hints that there was something wrong for these for the last month, month and a half. And we get to this point right now where Jay Crowder will not be his son. I spoke with a, a, diff- a different team on Saturday that told me that Jay Crowder was given permission to seek a trade, that him and his representatives were told by the Suns to go go find a trade because the Suns couldn't find one. Right. They, they they looked. They've tried. They were not able to find anything. So my understanding from what a different team told me is that Jay Crowder has been given permission to go seek a trade. If you can find a trade, go find a trade for yourself. I've always told you James Jones does not want players here that don't want to be here. So if you don't want to be here, they don't want you here. Now we could sit and talk all day long about, well, you're going to give up a good, Jay Crowder's a good player. He's definitely a top six or seven player on this roster. You know, do you really want to lose that and get nothing back? This is a, will be an interesting sign of what the Suns are all about because James Jones adamantly believes that if a player does not want to be here, yeah. he doesn't want that guy in the locker room. He doesn't want that guy being a part of this team. So that's why they came to the decision where Jay Crowder is not going to be here. Yeah, I mean, we all saw the tweets earlier in the offseason. I'm looking back at one from August 1st. Jay Crowder, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Believe, I believe it's time for a change. I want to continue growing. At that moment, that was, you know, we've been, we've become semi-experts on reading in the social media, and it certainly seemed like Jay was asking out at that at that at that moment, and then yesterday, or at least over the weekend, Jay Crowder tweeted and deleted a tweet indicating he wasn't going to be at camp. There was a tweet from Dwayne Rankin over at AZ Central, what to watch in Suns training camp. And one of the things on his list was, will Jay Crowder or Cam Johnson start? Jay Crowder retweeted it, retweeted it and said 99 won't be there. And that was on yeah. Friday night. And that's, and I think, what prompted you to kind of call around. And that's what I prompted did. the dominoes to fall. So no Jay Crowder at media day today. Yeah. And, and you know, this has been, look, this has been a really tough one. Off season for the Phoenix Suns. Okay, they went all in to get Kevin Durant. Were not able to get Kevin Durant. Um, then you know you, you end up keeping DeAndre Ayton, but there's a lot of questions on is DeAndre Ayton worth the max contract? Take the Robert Sarver controversy out of it. Let's just talk about the team as a whole and, and what's going on because now you know you don't have Jay Crowder on the on, on this team anymore, and you weren't able to get Kevin Durant. And you, you know the question: There's a lot of teams that are going to be picked ahead of you. In the West, have the Phoenix... We talked about the Suns running it back. Just running it back with what you have. You're going to be fine. Well, Jay Crowder was a big piece of running it back. He was one of your top six or seven players on this roster. Yeah, James Jones elaborated further today at Media Day on Crowder's situation. Well, um, I'll, I'll let the nature of our conversations, um, out of respect for the personal and professional nature um, uh, of those conversations, it will remain private. Um, but it's an opportunity for us to, to navigate this and for our guys to to step up. Um, we've always said this is about the team. It's never about one person. It's never about one player. Um, it's a collective. So from our staff to our coaches, um, like I said, our fans, our community, um, this is a team thing for us. And, and this is just uh, a difficult situation we'll navigate. But we'll always do it um, with the utmost respect for our players. We'll always do it with the utmost, uh, utmost respect for those involved and we'll move forward and be better for it. I thought we were past this. Players wanting out of here. I, I thought, thought we, were, we were past it. I thought the we were Goran too. Dragic, Eric Bledsoe, 
Isaiah Thomas, just go through, go through the list. I thought we had got past a new practice facility, one of the best in the NBA. Monty Williams, James Jones, great arena, teams winning basketball games. I thought we had gotten past the, I don't want to be here. This isn't the right fit for me. Now, maybe this is a, just a unique situation. Um, everybody's got their reasons, but you know, again, I mean, it's just, you do you do wonder like man what what happened like you guys went to the NBA finals you won uh, 64 games like you're a big part what happened to make Jay Crowder not want to be here okay my guess is that he was told he's not going to start and Cam Johnson is okay that's my guess now I'm not saying that's enough I'm not saying that's enough to justify asking wanting out but I I do I do think the reasons why all those guys that you just mentioned wanting out were different than why Jay wanted out, you know, because for Jay, it's this belief that I'm still a starter in this league and I'm not ready to not be a starter in this league. And I want to go be a starter somewhere and contribute in that regard. Those other guys wanted out of here because the organization was stuck in reverse and wasn't going to change it anytime soon. I, I don't think the organization now in 2022 is comparable to the Eric Bledsoe days or the Markeith Morris days. It's, it's, it's not that it, the same thing just happened. I, I, I understand that. A prominent that, player wants out. I think there's a very specific okay. reason why that player wanted out. He wanted to start. He was told he's not going to. Cam Johnson likely is. I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost sure that's exactly what happened. Again, I don't think that justified. And I, they're a better team with Jay Crowder. I wish he hadn't asked out. I mean, if we're really talking about running this back for the Suns, you have to run it back all the way. And by that, I want Jay Crowder on this roster. He's a valuable part of what they do. I, I mean, he, yeah, his three-point shot might have deserted him a little bit last year. A heads-up defender, a physical, gritty player, a team-first guy who knows all about moving the ball. He is very well aware of what they're trying to accomplish offensively and defensively. I like Jay Crowder on the floor a lot. I really do. I wish he didn't come to this because I think it, it weakens them. And now what I and every other Suns fans want to know, if you get rid of Jay, how are you replacing him? If you trade him. How are you, if you are going to bring him off the bench, yeah. who are you going to go get to replace Jay Crowder? Who on your roster replaces what he does? Because if you don't adequately replace it, you've gotten worse as a basketball team. That's I mean, there's why, no denying that. That's why I reported last week that the Suns, in a deal for Boyan Bogdanovich, were insistent that the Jazz include Jarrett Vanderbilt. What position does Jarrett Vanderbilt play? Backup power forward. The backup power forward. He's a 23-year-old backup power forward that averaged eight and a half rebounds last year. The Suns were looking for a power forward, you know, to come in here that could that could that could take that role of Jay Crowder because Jay Crowder was obviously. My understanding is that the deal that that the deal that the Suns were looking at was Jay Crowder, Landry Shamit, and a protected, heavily protected first round pick is what it, what it went to the Jazz, you know, for Bogdanovich, but they wanted, the Suns wanted Vanderbilt back too. If we're going to give you two rotation pieces, we need two pieces back. Now that being said, James Jones, Monty Williams, they should have had plenty of time to figure this out. Jay's intentions have been pretty clear now for the better part of a month and a half, two months practically. He sent out that tweet about wanting change on August 1st. They should have had plenty of time to prepare themselves for this. What they do to address it, We'll see. Devin Booker today at Media Day. I'd say it's a little unfortunate. And, you know, Jay came in here, you know, a couple of years ago, and we, we've done a lot of really good things here. And, you know, we've shaped and, and shifted this culture. But, you know, at the same time, I wish him the best moving forward. You know, that's a friend and a brother that I'll have forever. And, you know, ultimately it comes down 
to a business and you know the team and him have have made a choice and you know we're going to move forward and respect both sides professional thing to say. We're going to move forward, respect both sides. He's a brother. But, you know, you got to be looking if you're Devin Booker and Chris Paul. It's like, hey, we got we got this, this. We have two windows. Well, this really hurts window number one. Sure does. Like, this really, really hurts window number one. Yeah. That is a guy that plays really good defense, that he's physical. He gives you a little bit of an attitude. He can get really streaky from three. Like, window number one just got hurt really bad by not having Jay Cry. I'm not sure that they'll, they'll be able to do anything that, you know, you're going to get back a player and you're going to say, okay, that guy's better than Jay. When we come back on this Big Red Monday, back to the Arizona Cardinals and an offense that is playing a little Houdini out there. They've disappeared. A pure vanishing act was display on display yesterday. We'll talk about it coming up. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric, you've got the podium. What is today's Twitter poll question of the day on this Newsworthy Monday. A lot going on. A lot to talk about today. What do you got for us? Well, the Newsworthy Monday actually means two polls because the one we posted earlier is an absolute blowout. I wanted to get a close one, so we'll start with that one. What concerned you guys the most? Yes, the most from the Cardinals' 20-12 to loss to the Rams yesterday. You got four options. Option number one is lack of touchdowns over those long 15-plus play drives. Isaiah Simmons' limited snap count yet again. The slow start yet again, or the injuries that piled up by the end of the game. Lack of touchdowns. Oh, okay. We're going to disagree on this one. Slow start. I mean, you got you can't always play from behind. You can't always be playing from down 13-0, 20-0. I mean, it's, you know, that makes it a lot easier for the defense to play the way they want to play. So I'm going to go with the slow start. 81 plays and you got 12 points. Just, that, yeah. can't, that can't happen. That can't happen. So I'm going to go with that one. What's our audience say? Well, they're both big problems and they're both leading the way. But in first, it's Gambo. It's the slow start yet again. I think it's the blocked punt, Bernsey. I think that's sticking in people's mind. 48.8% in second place. 39.8% is no touchdowns after long drives. 8.5% to Simmons and a minuscule amount to injuries. Leading... To the big question. We know it's only week four, but is this Sunday's matchup against the Panthers now considered a must win? Is this the blowout the you're talking about? This is the blowout. Yeah, it's a must win. They have to win this game. Yeah, I agree. They'd be one and three. Screwed if they lose this game. Yeah, they're in big trouble if they lose this game. Uh, Are we in the 90th percentile on this one? We hit it. Are we? We're in the 90th percentile. 90.7% say yes, absolutely. This is a must win game. 9.3% say no, but I have a feeling their fingers missed the yes. Yeah. Mitch, were you going to jump in with something there? I was just going to say, that wasn't even the most memorable blocked punt of the day. No, did you see former that, cardinal of all people? Did you see that Charmin? Oh yeah, tweeted Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield and offered him. Well, they didn't offer him like yeah. an endorsement deal, but it was. Um, let me pull it up here because I saw it. It was really, really funny. So there's the the still shot of the punter punting the ball into basically Trent Sherfield's butt. And Sherman tweeted out, those sheiks are going to need something soft. Check your DMs. (laughs) And Trent Sherfield responded, I'm commercial ready whenever you guys are. Oh, God, that's great. You're right. That's not even the most famous blocked punts of week three in the NFL. Those are our poll questions. You can find them. There was no room in the end zone. I don't know how you got to get a punt off. There's no room in that. There's no room. They were talking on the broadcast about whether they just needed to take the intentional safety because there was just no space for the punter to 
go, and instead they got the safety, and kudos to the Miami Dolphins defense for home. Because as soon as that happened, I thought, oh, that's it. Buffalo's going to they'll, – they'll put the blade down on this one. They'll finish off the Miami Dolphins. And to the Dolphins' defensive credit, they didn't. They held tight. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah, yeah. I've got, uh, I got something for Ken Dorsey. <laughs> what, do you, what do you got? Hold on. Set up the joke. Where is it? Oh, wait, 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 Where is it? Is it? Oh, I thought them. you were going to pull out your iPad. No. No. Ken Dorsey lost Ken his Dorsey needs mind. pills. Yeah, he needs blood pressure pills. He needs pills. A little high, strong. He's wound a little tight yeah, in that press yeah. box yesterday. A little tight. That's no different than me after a game of Madden. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I'm with him. Yeah, he was. He lost his mind yesterday. Yeah, we got the, the, the blood pressure pills here for Ken Dorsey if he needs them. We also might need him for Cardinal fans yesterday after that offensive display we saw. Snap to Kyler. Short step. Now in trouble. Flush left. Throws left. And incomplete. Almost picked off by Kendrick. He was going for Hollywood Brown. Rams take over on downs, and the Cardinals get nothing. That Cardinals offense yesterday was pathetic. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. Not only the slow start and the inability to get on the board early in the, what, three out of their first four drives were three and outs, but over the course of that game, a 19-play drive, a 17-play drive, a 16-play drive, all ending yeah. in field goals. Gambo, you hold the L.A. Rams to 20 points, and we'll talk about the defense in a little bit. You hold the L.A. Rams to 20 points in a game. Team, you should be able to win that football game when you've got an offense led by Kyla Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. The offense yesterday was awful, and it's it's been awful for most of the season. This was supposed to be their strength. Yeah, They were supposed to be the reason why the Cardinals were going to win games this year. Instead, it's the exact opposite. It's why they're losing games. You know, in our, in our rapid reaction piece, to me, like this is one of the, you know, this is like, what if I would have told you that the Rams held, the Cardinals held Cooper Cup to four catches for 44 yards? What if I would have told you that Kyler Murray threw for over 300 yards? What if I would have told you that the, uh, um, I mean, it's just somebody. The Cardinals had drives, scoring drives of 17 plays, 16 plays, but at 19 plays, you would have said they won the game. If I would have, if I would have gave you a whole bunch of those, I'm just trying to look for my rapid reaction on that. But that's, you know, that's what I wrote in my rapid reaction. Like, what if I told you, you know, Cooper Cup's held to four for 44. Hollywood Brown has 14 catches for 140 yards, uh, scoring drives of 19, 16, and 17 plays. They held the Rams to 20. You would have said the Cardinals won. Yep. Every day of the week, you would have said the Cardinals won, but they didn't win because they really. Failed on the, they really failed when they got, you know, in the, you know, in the red zone, close to the goal. Now, was it all, you know, you had a drop by Ertz, you had a drop by James Connor, you know, as he was going towards the end zone, she had a couple of plays. They dropped five passes in the first half. Yeah. Five passes. AJ dropped a, one. Connor dropped one. Ertz dropped one. Wasn't a team in the league that had five drop passes in a game? Yeah. And they dropped five in the first half. I don't yeah. know what they ended up with, but that really hurt them, those dropped passes. No, to the point where um, Kyler Murray, and he might have been talking about Andy Isabella and the, the play where Andy stopped running, and kind of Kyler kind of gave him that look, and afterwards Dave passed it. There was a conversation on the sideline. Kyler Murray, after the game, on what his message was to his guys around him. I told guys all the time, always be like, never, you know, never, you got to be awake playing with me. Like, I, I mean, it's, um, no matter what the play is, uh, you know, I, I got free reign to do whatever, get into whatever. Um, so it, when you sleep and um, you don't think you're getting the ball, it's, you know, it's, we can't.
can't play like that. We, we everybody's got to, you know, everybody's got to be lit up, you know, in the game, uh, locked in, and we just got to be better, and we will be. But again, it's frustrating when you lose. We feel like you could, you know, could play better, could be in the game. And it wasn't like Kyler was immune to it. He overthrew Hollywood Brown on a post play. Had yeah, wide I think open. he's talking about the Andy Isabella. Oh, play. I'm sure he is. But but I he, think he's talking about Andy. Couldn't find a ball. He o- find a ball. He overthrew Hollywood Brown mm-hmm. on another play on a third down play that would have resulted in a first down. Kyler wasn't perfect yesterday, but Campbell that offense. All right, so it was it was the drops, it was the bad throws, it was Kyler being totally bottled up and couldn't run. Couldn't and, run. And without that man, this offense looks boring and predictable and dinky and dunky and all that stuff. They have never recovered from losing DeAndre Hopkins. Never. No. They couldn't recover from it last year. Nope. They had all offseason to get ready for no DeAndre Hopkins this year, at least for the first six games. Cliff Kingsbury has yet to scheme up an offense that works without DeAndre Hopkins. And if Kyler isn't back there running around doing Lamar Jackson-like th- like things, this offense is dull. It's boring. It's lifeless. It doesn't put enough points on the board. And Cliff had all offseason to figure out how to make it work without DeAndre Hopkins, and they're still failing in that regard. Yeah, and three more weeks, they'll get him back. Thank goodness. Let's talk about the fourth down decision because, uh, you know, I, I like that Cliff it goes for a lot in fourth down. He went for a crazy fourth down at, what, his own 20, his own 25 yard, yard line. line? Yeah, James Conner picked yeah, it up. Yep. I mean, thank goodness, right? I mean, I kind of like that about him, but here's the situation. There's a lot of time left in the game. There's 11 and a half minutes left. You're down by 11. You're facing a fourth and four. Not a fourth and one, but a fourth and four. In that situation, you kick the field goal, you make it a one-score game, especially with the success you had with two-point conversions last week. So you've got some plays you like with two-point conversions, and you've got Kyler. So you kick that field goal. It's not a long field goal. It's not a long field goal at 43, all. 43, 44 yards. You yeah. kick that field goal, you make it a one-score game, you put pressure on the Rams to not have to go three and out. They go for it. They fail. Incomplete pass to Hollywood Brown. To me, that was the biggest decision of the game. Now, 80% of the time, I would probably say I vote with Cliff on the fourth down calls, mm-hmm. but not 100%, right? About 80% of the time, I would agree with this. Four. That was one I just didn't agree with at the time because, okay. to me, it's real simple. Kick the field goal and make it a one-score game. Because that was what I was going to ask you about. You, you said the key phrase there, at the time. So in real time. Oh, I totally thought you You're, you're, you're at home yeah. watching the game yeah. on TV, and in that moment, you're like, Cliff, kick the field goal. Take the points. Yeah. Okay. I, I was probably about... 10, you know, 10, 12 minutes behind. Okay. You know, you know in, in, I was, because you know, you're rewinding, watching plays yeah, again, yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. Right, right. So I wasn't, so like that point, I didn't like tweet anything live about it. But of course, I think you, you, you make it a one score game. Kick the field goal, make it a one score game. Because in real time, I was thinking I was fine with going for it just because they were struggling to score all day long. And I, I, yeah. think, I thought they needed the touchdown. I, I thought they needed actual points rather than put the pressure on themselves at the end of the game to have to score a touchdown and get a two point conversion. Uh, after the game with Paul Calvisi. I liked how we were moving the football. I didn't think field goals would win the game at that point, you know, to be down eight in that situation. I thought would be tough. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't, we didn't convert. But we're going to be aggressive and, and try to give ourselves the best chance to win. Yeah, in real time, I actually I didn't have much of a problem with it at all because everything was such a slog offensively. I thought they needed points because I just didn't know when they were going to get another opportunity to get a touchdown like that, you know. And, and so, I, in hindsight, yeah, very easy to look back on it now and said you should have kicked. And then on that last possession, you just would have needed the touchdown and the two point conversion. I make it sound like it's that easy to get it, but but in 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 retrospect, yes, I can see that decision.
Yeah, I just, I, I just, again, that one, I think if you have that back, you kick, that may not have made a difference because they still couldn't get any end zones, right? They need, you were going to need a touchdown somewhere, but at least down eight, you just never know. Fumble recovery, interception return for a touchdown. I mean, anything could swing it and give you a tie game. So to me, I just got to play, I got to play down one score, not down two scores. In the NFL, the Cardinals technically only looking up at one team in the NFC West. We will say, our thanks to Dan Orlovsky because he's now not the only quarterback to commit a safety by running out of the back of his own end zone. Thank you, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Here we go! Big Red Monday in Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Clock running. Garoppolo deep drop. Steps up by some time, throws the check down, is caught, 10, 15, 20, fumbles the football, and the Broncos have it. Jeff Wilson caught it and fumbled the ball, and Kareem Jackson picks it up. That obviously was not the safety where Jimmy Garoppolo ran out of the back of his own end zone. That was the fumble at the end of the game that sealed Denver's 11-10 win over the San Francisco 49ers. For those curious and scoring along at home, there has been one other game in the history of the NFL that ended with an 11-10 to score, so we didn't exactly get scoregami last night. Uh, the Denver Broncos able to beat the San Francisco 49ers. I'll tell you, Gambo, that take, a look, take a look around the league. What did you say? Uh, good, that helps. Oh, of course it helps. That, helps. that game really changed sure. when Trent Williams left. When yes. Trent Williams left, that changed. Not that San Francisco was dominating Denver by any stretch, but the amount of pressure on Jimmy G after Trent Williams left that game really amped up. And man, Russell Wilson, credit him for this. He, it was a slog the whole game for both teams. He came through with that one, one long drive. Russell Wilson-like drive at plays, the 80 end. yards. And that's all it took. Yep, 12 Just plays, 80 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon, one-yard touchdown run. It gave Denver its only lead to about four minutes left in the game. Two-point conversion was batted down, so the Niners only needed to get in field goal range for a chance to win, but then they turned the ball over on their final possession. Garoppolo got Kittle's back, Kittle back, George Kittle back, but uh, they didn't play very well. I mean, it was not a good game. And Russell Wilson's dominance over San Francisco continues. He's now won 17 out of 21 games against them. 17 out of 21. But, you know, everybody was calling for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I understand it. You know, Trey Lance was an unproven guy. This is, this, this is one of those reasons why they were looking for somebody that, because Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win you a bunch of games, he's a good quarterback, but he's in that list of guys who are just not great quarterbacks, and that was the game that if you're, you know, you're a great quarterback, you got to find a way to win that football game. That play call was uh, courtesy 850 KOA in Denver. You're absolutely right, and and I was among those who was saying, you know what, them losing Trey Lance is better news for them. It, yes. it, it gives them a quarterback they can win with, but it does. That statement, I will admit, ignores the very reality of Jimmy G. There is a limit to what he can do, right? There's only, sure. he's good. He's a very capable, functioning quarterback in this league. But And I'm not just talking about him running out of the back of the end zone either. There are there are limitations. There are flaws. There's there's only so much he can do out there, and those limitations were absolutely on display well, I yesterday. still believe you could win with guys like that. If you have a dominant defense, you have the ability to run the football, yeah, you know, you get to the playoffs and he has a, you know, a good three or four game stretch where he doesn't turn the ball over. I think you can win 
with Jimmy Garoppolo. By the way, today Kyle Shanahan indicated that Trent Williams could be out for a month mm. or so. Real quick, the other NFC West rival in action yesterday, the Seahawks losing at home to the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that this, to me, there was no surprise here uh, at all. But what a performance by a Corderell Patterson in that football game. My, you saw he had one of the best running back performances of yesterday. He was running over them and through them. Uh, he was fantastic. Now, Geno Smith had a pretty good game passing, 325 yards and two touchdowns. But Seattle's inability to stop Corderell Patterson, that, that was the game right there. Right now, the Rams 2-1. and one, They're the only team with a winning record in the division. Everybody else, Seattle, San Francisco, and of course the Cardinals are 1-2. and two. The uh, There was good action yesterday. Give me the Bills, Miami. Oh, absolutely. Man, That's right where game. I was going. What, what a, game a game that was. And, and for Miami, they were in that prove-it moment, and they said, okay, fine. We proved it. We yeah. just did it, right? I think that, listen, there was obviously the heat was getting on guys. You could see Diggs had cramps. Allen was just exhausted at the end of the game. I don't think, when he put his head on to his you know, shoulder, it wasn't like, console me, we lost. It was like, I can't even breathe. Can you just hold me up for a second? Um, but, you know, Allen, you know, there was just some plays in that game, right? I mean, they couldn't get the field goal at the end of the first half. You know, Allen, you know, couldn't handle the, the the handoff, and instead of spiking it, he throws it to McKenzie. He doesn't uh, to Diggs, and they're not even able to get out of bounds, and they cost themselves an opportunity for a field goal. And then late, the one Dorsey lost his mind on. They get the ball to Isaiah McKenzie, but he kind of makes one just one extra move to try to get a couple of yards instead of just going right out of bounds, and it cost them a chance for what would have been look. It would have been a sixty yard field goal attempt yeah. to win the game, but at least they would have gotten that attempt, and they don't even get that because McKenzie doesn't get out of bounds at about the 42-yard line. So probably would have been about a 59, 60, 61-yard field goal, depending on where he would have got out of bounds. I watched a big chunk of that game yesterday, and I'll tell you, I was really impressed with that Dolphins defense. They really got after Josh Allen. They got after him hardcore. Yeah. They pressured him. They hit him. They sacked him. The percentage of pressure they delivered onto him was high throughout the game. The secondary, Xavier Howard, Javon Holland played Really, really, really well in that game. Chase Edmonds threw touchdowns for and, the offense. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. And and yet you look at the numbers and we talk about the Cardinals, right? We talk about man, how do you how do you run eighty one plays and only score twelve points? Well look at the time of possession in that one. Look at Buffalo. Yeah. Four hundred and ninety seven yards and thirty one first downs and they scored nineteen points. Yeah, completely outplayed them. How the hell do you do that? Yep, completely outplayed them. How it's do you crazy. have five hundred yards of offense and thirty one first downs and only score nineteen? points. I know. It's almost impossible. It it takes what the Cardinals did yesterday and says, yeah, hold my beer. We had 500 yards offense. We scored 19 points. 40 minutes. I was looking looking at this. Time of possession. The Bills had it for 40 minutes and 40 seconds. The, the, uh, I mean, yeah, the Bills had it for 40 minutes and 40 seconds. The Dolphins had it for 19 minutes and 20 seconds. They ran just 39 plays to Buffalo's 90. You mentioned the yardage. I was just, yeah, I mean, everything looked like it was dominant, you know, dominant for Buffalo in that football game, except mistakes. Even their kicker, who had made 14 straight field goals on the road, missed a field goal. Yeah. Like everything was just working against them. But I think the heat and the digs was cramping up, man. You saw him on the sideline, just, you know, trying to get stretched out. He was cramping up. They just had a hard time in Miami. So Miami's 3 and 0 for the first time. 
time in a long time. Two 3-0 and teams in the NFL right now in the Miami Dolphins, as you mentioned. The Philadelphia Eagles are the other 3-0 and team. The Giants could join them tonight with a win over Dallas. It's not that improbable to think that they will join them tonight with a win over Dallas. And we all know the Giants just aren't that good. Uh, but right now, that's how crazy upside down the NFL is. Your two 3-0 and teams, the Miami Dolphins and the Philadelphia Eagles, which, if memory serves... Was the Super Bowl matchup in Ace Ventura? Right? Wasn't that the? Wasn't it the Eagles versus the Dolphins? I think huh? I, it, it, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective with Jim Carrey. I think it was the Miami Dolphins and the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So maybe we're headed. Did you ever? Did you ever see Ace Ventura, Pet Detective with Jim Carrey? I, I don't really like Jim Carrey. Oh, such a funny movie. Such, I, don't, I don't really such like a funny him. movie. If I, I have to look it up, but I'm pretty sure that was the Super Bowl matchup. And that you don't like Jim Carrey? No. Oh, that's too bad. No. Think he's. I think he's a very funny guy. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns, not and, a fan. That's all right. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, they are the plays that shaped the outcome of that 2012 game we saw yesterday at State Farm Stadium. Big red. Reacts is next on the Burns and Gambo Show.